0: What we've been doing for the past four weeks, let's go ahead and go to the next slide, we're going to be really quick today, I'm sorry, Uh, yeah, that next one, we've been going through this little well-rounded vision, Uh, what does a celebratory church look like, that was four weeks ago, what does a scholarly church look like, that was the next week, what does a serving church look like, and then finally, today, what does a growing church look like? All of that, if you haven't been here, is all on the website. It's all based out of Ephesians 4. We're just tracked through Ephesians 4. What does that look like in church life? Uh, What does the church look like that's outreach? What does the church look like that's academic? What does the church look like that hands and feet serve? What does the church look like that builds itself up in love? So, with that said, we're going to cap it off today. and I'm excited about this. Let's, again, stand in honor of God's Word one more time. Ephesians 4, we're going to read it out loud. Um, in honor of the text itself and just as a reminder um, of where we've been journeying. So here we go. One more time, Ephesians 4. I, therefore, um, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. So there we go. The whole series has been, what has God called the church to be about? What is that? Um, With all humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace, One body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Here we go, verse 11. And he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, pause button. If you haven't got anything else from these four weeks, he gave that and he gave Teachers, coaches, steelworkers, nurses, um, academians, athletes, band members, instructors, uh, garbage people, mathematicians, all of that. You have a role in God's divine plan. Got it? All right. So be gone with this whole notion of a five-fold office and it stops there. You have a role, is what Paul's saying. He gave all of this. Why? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's our purpose as a church. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. For the building up of the body of Christ, that's that last part of the circle we're looking at today. What does a growing church look like? What does it mean that we're being built up? Verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that I ain't gonna pause button again. Sorry. Um, we're to help each other grow up to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. That's the point of church. That's it. Like, we get to help one another grow up in Christ. How cool is that? Okay, un- unbutton. Here we go. Um, verse 14, So that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, By craftiness and deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into Him who's the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped, and before you go to sleep, catch this when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I want to be a part of that, man. And I hope you do too. Um, The word of God for the people of God. Be seated. So as we wrap up the whole journey, what does that look like that we're growing, that we're maturing in Christ? Um, What does our journey look like even as a church? Remember, um, we are a new church here and it's growing and that's cool and I'm glad you're here in a park. Uh, But for the last nine years, God has been growing a church. He he grew us down at the theater. We grew, and then we multiplied. And now Big Sandy's rocking and rolling, and they're reaching people down there, and it's growing. All of that kind of stuff, that's great, but is there more to it? Like, what else is God doing? What does it truly mean that the purpose of the church is to grow us, to build ourselves up, or to build us up in love? We're going to just examine that. I'll say it real fast this way. There are three things that I think that God calls the church to that he always blesses. Let's scroll through them. Number one, God always calls the church to obedience. And when we're obedient, he promises to bless. So as we wrap up this series, God's calling us to be an obedient church. And the way that we phrase that over and over is we do not want to be a church that functions from the pew up, but what? Thrown down. We don't. Want church that goes, okay, in the pew, what does everybody want? Let's fill out a survey. What makes a cool church? Whatever. And then do that to appease man. Because in the day, in the day, if we appease man and don't appease God, then we have failed big time, right? So we want to do, what has God called us to do? We want to operate thrown down and be obedient. James says it this way, But the one who looks intently into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. In other words, church, we want to be a church that walks in tune with the Lord, obeys him, not to attain um, a relationship with him, but to attain fellowship with him. We want to be in his good graces. Let me explain it this way. Most of y'all know. Uh, for several years before planting a church, um, I did student ministry for a long, long time. And that is why I have zero hair on the top of my head. Um, but did, did student ministry for a long, long time. And one of the things we did, we used to go to Camp Pettigene in Arkansas every year. And um, one of the times we were there, I, Wally, you might have been speaking. I don't know. Somebody, we would always let the kids kind of do what they want after a certain time. They would go play and have these little games and. one night we said, hey, you can go with this guy and go play, or you can come over into the little cafeteria area, and we'll have something over there as well. And so we told the kids, over in the cafeteria, there's going to be something special we're going to do. And then this guy got up and explained what they were going to do, and it's like a flower bomb war at night. You know how youth are, right? Um, With like Uzis and snakes and what, no, they have any of that. Uh, But they were playing this crazy game, getting out there, and, and everybody who went out there did that, and everybody who came to the cafeteria, we had set up a 40-foot-long banana split inside of a gutter that goes on the house. And so we grabbed these gutters, pasted them together, put this banana split all the way down it, and everybody came into, that came into the cafeteria, I mean, we ate that bad boy all, I mean, dug in, just bathed in it, right? Eat it, all this kind of stuff. Well, it got gone, about two hours later, the kids that went out and played this game came in and they said, we missed it. Why didn't we get any banana split? And we said, well, you had the choice. You went and played that game and you did that. But, and they were like, no, man, we missed out on this. We, we wanted this. And, and we were like, well, yeah, but you chose to, to do that. It's not our fault. And, of course, then they was mad at the leader and all that kind of stuff. You know, the youth minister's the devil, you know. Um, but here's the deal. When they were doing that, they, we didn't break relationship. They chose that. They, they chose to do that thing, but not being in the cafeteria, we did lose some form of fellowship. And I think obedience works a lot like that for the believer. So let's get this straight and let's kill legalism. When we're obedient to the Lord, it brings about a fellowship. It brings about a unique eating in the gutter with the Lord that's just distinct. Now, when we disobey as believers, as believers, there's not a broken relationship. We're still within God's sovereign love and care, but we can indeed, if we're not obedient, miss out on the cherry or the caramel or the chocolate. There's something unique, and here's what we're saying. As a church... We want to be obedient because we don't, we're not going to break relationship, but we don't want to miss out on any of the blessings of God that he has for us. So we want to be obedient. So as a church, that's what we continue to say. The Lord will bless our obedience following him, his direction. Uh, number two, the Lord always blesses the gospel. So we want to be a church that obeys whatever God's telling us. Number two, we want to be a church that is gospel-centered. That it's all about Jesus, Jesus and nothing else. Not Jesus plus be a better person, or Jesus plus get baptized, or Jesus plus do this. Jesus plus nothing, because as we've said when we went through Galatians, if it's Jesus plus anything, you'll miss everything. It's Jesus plus nothing. And so we want to be a church that is like Colossians 1, 5, 6 says, of this you've heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. This is the point of the church. The point of the church is not for you to walk out and go, that was seven great points for me in my marriage. The point is for you to walk out and go, I love Jesus more today than I loved him yesterday. That's the point of the church. Because that's what bears fruit. It goes on to say this, as it also does among you since the day you heard it, And understood the grace of God in truth. There's a longing for all of us to be a part of something greater than we are a part of currently. We all want to be a part of a bigger story. And society will tell us that we need to be a a people who create history. Right? We want to leave a legacy. I think that's what you preached on. Leaving a legacy and, and how that's dangerous sometimes we want to be a part of this and we don't realize that in trying to leave our own legacy we'll miss out on being a part of God's story as the old saying goes nah, we don't as believers we're not called to be a part of history we're called to be a part of what his story That's grander. The ministry of reconciliation, of of lost being made whole, of of people who don't know Christ finding Christ, of people who, once eternity slips in, will be separated forever, finding out there's hope and there's a personal relationship. We're going to be a part of that. That's the greatest story ever. It blows my mind that phrase that Paul says when he says, We complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. How crazy is it to think that anything Christ did is lacking something? Like when we read that verse, it makes us cringe, don't it? Complete what is lacking. Paul, there's nothing lacking in Christ's afflictions. There is. That being the ministry of reconciliation, that there's still one more person who needs to find it. And we get to be about that that's what we want to be as a church number one a church who obeys in all things but number two a church who obeys in all things but is distinctly laser focused on Jesus somebody came to the church when we were still in the theater and they he, he said this and some of y'all have heard of me I probably told you this at Edgar's when we were hanging out at some point point. and he said Troy he said man I, I love the music and I was like okay that's a setup for something bad coming right Anytime somebody says, I really love the music at the church, I, I almost just go, all right, we're, we're done, I'll be, see you later. <laughs> and he goes, man, I, I love what's going on with the kids. He said, but you know, sometimes in the service, it feels like y'all have a Jesus count clicker and like you're clicking how many times you can say Jesus. And he said that as a negative thing, to which I lit up and said, good, <laughs> good. Because that's what we exist for. Man, we want to boast in Jesus, lift Jesus high, hold him up. If you walk out of here going, Tyler did a really great job, or Britt, man, he is really... You've missed it. <laughs> if you walk out of here go, do it saying nothing other than, man, they talk about Jesus a lot, then you've missed it. But if you walk out of here going, hey, I, I thought about Jesus, I bowed before Jesus, I looked at Jesus... I examine Jesus today. If you walk out here doing that, we go, home run. We did our job. We did our job. So as a church, we want to be obedient, do what he asks us to do. Number two, be laser focused on the gospel. And then number three, we want to be obedient, laser focused on the gospel, and we want to worship. Meaning this, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not despise. So we want to be a church who obeys, who's laser focused on the gospel, and then number three, worships clearly. Worship not meaning crying, worship not meaning laughing, worship not meaning Tucker hit all the licks right. Not meaning that Trey shook the shaker right. One day I want to shake the shaker. That's my goal in life is to be the shaker guy. One time. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about worship. So when we gather, what is the goal? Our goal is not that the music is spot on. And I love music. Our goal is not that the sermon is full of great life application. Although we want to apply every text. Our goal is not even that Andy or whoever's setting up the coffee lands the bourbon pecan before it runs out. We do have bourbon pecan coffee back there, um, but as the gas station clearly marks, there is no alcohol content. Um, but man, that's a great day if the setup back there was great and, and the bourbon pecan is rolling. That's, that's not the great day. Or a great day successful if we get out early and beat all the Methodists over to Los Tarrasco. <laughs> It's, it's not a great day the goal as we gather the question is did I bow before God Almighty with all of my mind's attention and my heart's affection that's it that's the goal a successful Sunday is if you walked in here and you bowed and you thought on the Lord and you thought on your standing with him and you bowed at his glory and his majesty and his otherness. And your perspective was righted. And six days of the week, we, 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 we kind of lose that perspective. And we get caught up in whatever we're doing. And for me, my gosh, baseball season started Friday. And I will be in the dirt every day with these knuckleheads and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And already, from one practice, Friday, my brain starts trickling away, and I begin to worship something other than God Almighty. And for me, it's baseball, but for you, it could be something else, right? And so when we gather, it's a time to hit the pause button and go, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> for six days, I have done this, and now for one day, I'm drawing it back in. Lord, Okay, Lord, I'm... I'm bowing before you and thinking on him rightly. That's our goal as a church. We want to be a church that obeys, that's laser-focused in the gospel, and that worships well, and we offer a broken and contrite heart, which the Lord says, that I will not what? I will not despise. So as a church that grows, that building itself up in love, what does the church building itself up look like? Let's look at it real fast. Here we go, it'll pop up on the screen, all of it. Here's what it looks like. Number one, building itself up does look like growth numerically. Um, The natural byproduct of practice is multiplication. What you practice, you will produce. You will impact those around you. And so, um, in a few months, gardens are going to be planted all over the place. And as gardens are planted, there'll be people, people who till the soil, there'll be people who water it, there'll be people who plant, but there's one thing they won't do. They won't cause any fruit, or I know fruits grow some trees, whatever. Uh, They won't cause any plants to grow. God does that. And so as a church, as we worship and obey and bow and gospel, then we will continue to labor and God will grow his church. As it's been said, and we'll go to number two here, you are God's plan A for growing the kingdom. And there is no plan B. And he'll use you. And so the natural byproduct of practicing our growth together is the church will build itself up in love, as Ephesians says. Number two, we'll not only grow numerically, but we'll grow intellectually. The natural byproduct of biblical pondering is wisdom. The more you ponder something, the more you'll grow in wisdom. And so... We get really heady, and we're going to try to not get super heady as we dive back into Matthew, because it's so practical, man, it's so practical. But we as a church are pretty heady, and the natural byproduct of pondering more and more is continued growth. And so if you want to grow, that's the unique goal of the church. We'll grow numerically, but we'll grow in wisdom. Um. This week, I, I'm I'm a little embarrassed to say this. For the past two weeks, me and Julie Beth have spent a large portion of our nights. I've gone to bed way later than I should. I usually go to bed at a good late time at about eight thirty. Um, but I've been staying up till about eleven thirty because we've got sucked into the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. I watched Infinity Wars because my kids drugged me to it, and then watching Infinity Wars, I went. There's a lot I don't know about this whole thing. So we printed out a list, and we've been going from the beginning every single night. I can tell you about Thor, Loki, the Tesseract, the Infinity Stones. I can tell you about Odin. I can tell you about Asgard. I can tell you about the Dark Hollows. I can tell you about Iron Man. I can tell you about Pepper Potts. Do y'all know about Pepper Potts? You should. She's great. She's awesome. Don't know why she went missing in this last Captain America that I watched, but maybe the next one will tell me. I am watching all of this stuff. I've learned about Russia. I've learned about Germany. I've learned about all kinds of bizarre junk. Why? Because I've spent time pondering it. The unique goal of the church is to get you to come and sit and ponder the riches of Christ. That's our goal. Our goal is to grow together, to ponder and grow in biblical wisdom. So we want to grow numerically. We want to grow intellectually. We want to examine the gemstones that is the gospel. Number three, the church building itself looks like growing also emotionally. The natural byproduct of proximity is clarity. Here's what I mean by that. We all have struggles. We all have questions. We all have wonderings about life. And the closer we are to Christ, the clearer those things become. Doesn't mean you get the right answers all the time. It just becomes a little clearer. Which is what Hebrews says. Now we think dimly, but these will come to light as we continue to grow in the grace of Christ. And so as a church, we want to weekly help put glasses on to see better how life functions and what it means. That old f- hymn is true. We say it a lot. As we ponder on Christ, the things of the world grow strangely what? Strangely dim. He brings clarity. This past week, um, and, and I don't want to labor here long, um, I've been hanging out with, with our brother, uh, Victor. And many, most of you guys know Victor and Jan. Uh, Been with us for about five, six years. Uh, He was an atheist seven years ago. Has come to know Christ. um, And most of you guys know that he's been battling. Um, Victor, our brother, only has about seven days left. Um, So press in and pray. That's what the nurses said this week. And so Jan's processing this. And and I go hang out with him every Wednesday to just sit with him and, and talk. And this week I went in and he's laying there in bed. Um. Has his hoodie on that says, I love Jesus, all the way across it. And I'm like, seven years ago, this atheist, <laughs> now laying in bed, seven days left, I love Jesus. David Turner, I had a part in this a long time ago. I, it's, it's bizarre how the Lord has grown this man. And I'm sitting there with him this past week. Tyler was with me at one point. And here's, what, here's his Here's his words sitting there dying of cancer, suffering, suffocating. And he said, Troy, before I knew Christ, I never had an answer for suffering. And the more that I learn about Christ, maybe I don't understand my suffering, but at least now I understand the suffering he went through for me. And I'm blown away. And then he utters this to me yesterday, church. Hear this. Weeping. He says, you know, Troy, I'm beginning to think that maybe the Lord let me experience this sickness so that I could understand what the love of a church looked like in real time. Because you've modeled Christ. You've called, you've sent letters, you've sat over there, you've sent soups. Whoever it is that's cooking this magical soup, keep bringing it. I don't know who you are, but they talk about it every time I walk into the room. (laughs) Number one, cook them a batch. Number two, bring me a batch. (laughs) Whoever you are, let's talk afterwards. Let's share this magic recipe. I'm beginning to wonder if you're putting shrooms in it or something. I (laughs) I don't know what this is. But he's just telling me story after story of how people have been loving on him and how Christ has brought about a perspective he never knew before. It's true. We're to be a part of that. It changes us emotionally. And then as we wrap it up, Ben, come on back up. The church will build itself up according to Ephesians 4 if we're well-rounded numerically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. The natural byproduct of God's presence is power. The more we are a well-rounded church... Again, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, please go listen to the other messages because it is kind of hard to jump in with where we've been. Acts 1.8 says this, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, God gave us not a spirit of fear but of power... So the more we grow together, the more we experience the power of God in our lives. That's a real thing. I could liken it to this. I have a lot of... I love every holiday, right? Because they all have food. Um, but I love January 1st and July 4th probably the most. Shouldn't a preacher love Easter the most? No, okay, I love Easter too, all right? Um... But I love those because of one thing, fireworks. I love fireworks. I I get giddy when I start seeing those trailers pop up. When they pop up the trailer, I mean, I come to life. And Julie Beth locks down the bank account. (laughs) She sees my eyes open up, and I can see her over there, Wells Fargo, shut down account number, blah, blah, blah. I get giddy, and so the process goes, that pops open, and I get excited. And, and I start getting nervous. Then I start thinking about Keith Thompson because every uh, holiday I try to shoot him with a bottle rocket. Um, and, and so I get excited about shooting Keith with a bottle rocket. And then I get excited about going and by. And then you get there and they pop open the trailer and it's just like glory. I mean, not God's glory, but glory nonetheless. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's like the movie Joe Dirt, right? It's like, do I want a whistle snazzer or a bing banger or a, you know, and I, I just look at him. And my kids are on their tippy toes, so what do I do? Shove them out of the way. Get back, kids. Daddy's here to play. <laughs> and I'm looking at them and I throw it up and, and, and I see the packages and I see, and then we get one, then we take it home. And I'm OCD, so I separate them in heights and colors. Get my bottle rockets laid out, you know? And and, and then you set one up and then you take the lighter and you light it, and it's just a little bitty spark, right? and that spark turns into this ignition, and it shoots up in the sky, and then, boom! Colors, and, and those things, and <laughs> it is awesome! You like them too, don't uh, you like them? And it's, it's, it's fantastic, and it all starts with this little spark, and, and I really think that's the point of church. I really think all week long, the majesty of God dwindles because we get distracted by so many things. And when we're a well-rounded church, we come together every Sunday to pick up a new bottle rocket and to pick up a new fizz-bangler. And then we go all week long and set those suckers on fire for the world to dis- see the display of the glory of God. We, we, this is why we gather. Gather in. This is why we gather. Not to walk out going, I'm a better person, but to go, you know what? I can take the majesty of Christ and I can go share it with somebody else. And when we're well rounded, we will make a display that the world may reject, but they cannot ignore. Will you be a part of that? I want you to be. And we as a church, that's what we're going to strive to do. That's the end of our vision series. Fireworks and whiz-banglers. So with that said, as the band begins to play on the screen and in your handout, there it is. It's in your handout too if you haven't opened it up. You can take that home with you. This is the vision that we believe God's calling us to. And so it's not fully clear just yet, but we're clarifying it more every day. And as we've said before this series began, if you were a member of Safe Haven back in the theater days, um, or even in the past several months, um, you are no longer. (laughs) Um, We purge the entire system and are going to a brand new data system. And so in your handout, if God is calling you to be a part of Safe Haven, there's a link. And that link is where you can go and you can click and you can fill out information and affirm your covenant partnership with us to be on mission, not as a church, but as a vision to display a firework show like the world has never seen, but primarily right here in Northport, (laughs) to display as much we can the glory of God to the next person we come in contact with. That's it. It's been fun. I'm just going to be honest with you. As you know, topical series ain't my thing. So this has been the hardest four weeks of my life. <laughs> I'm glad to be jumping back into Matthew next week. We're going to have a party. Um, we've even got a cohort of people who've been learning to teach exegetically. They will be in, doing this in the 9 o'clock service in the other building over there. If you want to come be a part of that as well. But would you stand with me? Thanks for being here this morning. I'm just going to end with this man I don't know what the Lord has for us next I do know some things if you're a covenant partner you need to be here next week for our covenant partner meeting after the service because some things are crystal clear as to what's going to happen next so you need to be here for that even pertaining to this gem and what's next so be here if you're a covenant partner so I don't know all that happens next but here's what I do know God by His grace has people in Northport that you are going to be able to share the gospel with and their lives will forever be changed for eternity because of you growing in Christ Lord Jesus we do not want to make a name for ourselves, Lord. We just want to deflect the glory of God in all things. Primarily and particularly through the gospel. So God, for the men in this room, raise up soldier and armies of men who will be men and proclaim Christ boldly, not fundamentally, not in a, in a legalistic sense, but will be so enamored by Christ that it will come out in their work, it will come out in their play. We'll just be an army of men who will scream and, and boast in the power of God. For the ladies in this room, God gather together an army of women who can reach other women For the kids in this room, God, raise them up to reach the schools. God, for all these infants that are being born all over the place, number one, be with the families and the craziness that that is. But number two, raise these infants up as the next generation of gospel proclaimers. God, let us be a part of your story. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.